For years, the American public has been victimized by the so-called cinematic geniuses, telling us time and again to see inferior movies, leaving us bitter and lost with no return. But no more! This travesty of justice cannot and will not continue, because we now have the Cinema Judge! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars, welcome back. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Let me just tell you briefly about the show. This is what we do. We love movies. We like to share movies. We're not here to criticize, yell, complain about Hollywood. That's not our jam. We share movies with you. I collect the information, being the judge, and I put it together to make one giant infomercial. I present it to you, the jury, and you make up your own mind if you want to watch this or not. That's what it's all about. Because any movie, or show in this case, is somebody's favorite movie. Because I love hearing what they have to say. And then they pitch it to you. And then, like I said, it's all up to you. Now approaching the bench today, we have the Marvel Studio Disney Plus streaming show, Miss Marvel. Now let me just give you a brief description of what this series is about. In this series... We have a young woman who is a superhero fan with an incredible imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. She feels like she doesn't fit in school, and sometimes even at home. That is until she gets superpowers, like the heroes she looks up to. And that's what's really unique about this show. It tells a story from a different, different perspective than we're used to. And that is so nice to see. New voices, new stories, familiar, you know themes and all that other jazz, but it's told from a different perspective, and that's what makes everything so fresh now. It's not just a carbon copy. So here's a trailer for Miss Marvel. Okay, so first off, I just want to say, I get it. You get what? High school. Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. You were a weirdo. Boys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring out the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala. Hey. Already? Really? Come on. Like. Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch or is like. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time. And fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City. You save the world. That's a fantasy too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Come on. What does it feel like? Cosmic. I always thought I wanted this kind of life. But I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? 
And even that trailer alone, you could tell the tone. They really set it up for you so you know what to expect. Now, at first, this is a really great interview. We're going to hear from the original creator of the comic book. And she was asked what she feels is the greatest part of all this happening. And it's just really cool to hear her talk about the whole process of her project, her baby, if you will, being trusted into other people's hands in this watching all the magic happen. Here she is. Um, I think the best part about um, bringing Kamala to to life, which is a character I'm very, very close to, of course, is um, just seeing that evolution and seeing how so many different collaborators bring um, Kamala's story in such a bright and really unexpected way. I mean, we've got such incredible directors and and writers um, and, you know, across all of our many departments who are bringing their own perspectives and spin on Kamala's story. And, you know, I love the collaboration process and to be able to be a part of it, to be able to see, really see, see, see my kid grow up um, and at the same time um, have her make friends with other people is pretty awesome. And so it's been really gratifying um, and enlightening and also really just incredible to see the comic come to life um, in such a bold new way. Uh, that's that's the thing that I've been just most happy and excited about. You know, I try to put myself in these people's position. You make this character, it's been yours, and now you have to trust other people to do what you hope will be good. And, you know, that must be tough for people in that situation, whether you're an author and you wrote a book and then you give it to a movie company to make it, same principle, it's yours. And you know they're going to change it a little bit. It has to be done. Because nothing can be word for word. Things have to be altered, modified, or made easier to comprehend when it's put on the film. But it's really kind of cool hearing her thoughts on that. But up next, we're going to hear from one of the writers who helped sculpt said story into what it is now. And talking about how he converted it into a series. This is really cool. Check it out. Okay. Um, Miss Marvel's arc in the show, it goes... It, it's built out over six episodes. It meant that we had loads of time to make the big character swings that we wanted to make and for her to go on this journey into figuring out who she is, coming into her own, and making it a really unique story that we haven't seen in the MCU beforehand. Um, and having that six episodes meant we could take our time, but also no time feels like enough. I always want to spend more time with her. I always am like, but wait, what if I go down this road or this other journey? So I needed the limitations because otherwise I'd go for a thousand years telling this story. Um, but at the same time, having this really concise but juicy six hours of television to tell this story before she goes and joins everybody else and goes off on one of other adventures that lay ahead for her um, feels really exciting. And I think in terms of the breaking of the story, we get to do classic storytelling um, modalities, but at the same time, we get to do something a little bit different because of the nature of the MCU, because of the nature of Kamal and her background, and because of the freedom, the creative freedom that was given to us. Um, that was not surprising, but really joyful to receive in such a massive uh, franchise like Marvel. So I'm excited to share with everybody those six episodes and the journey she goes through. I wish I could tell you all of the juicy things we have in store for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I often wonder, where is an actor or an actress when they find out to get a role? In this next interview, we're going to hear from Miss Marvel herself. And she talks about the story of where she was specifically when she got that call. 
I literally found out in front of my best friends who didn't know I had auditioned in the first place. And so I was like literally trying not to have a reaction. And then Kevin Feige's face was like a jump scare on my phone. So totally freaked out. And then I was like, I went back in the car and my friends were like, so what happened? Did you like win the lottery? And I was like, basically. And I told them everything and then we got burritos. <laughs> I just love that story. Isn't that just so cool? Now, speaking of Kevin Feige, he's up next, also from the red carpet, just talking about the joy of getting this project done, where Miss Marvel is going in the future, and just now that he can share it now with the world. Everybody on this carpet has been working for so long, uh, so hard on this show. And we take it for granted. We've been living with them for years now uh, and, and working on the show for years. Um, we know that Kamala will next appear in the Marvels. That's been shot. So we've, been, we've fallen in love with all of them. And now I can't wait for audiences to do that and, and finally get to see them on Disney+. Plus. Now, coming up next, we're going to play a featurette. Now, in this featurette, they have a bunch of clips that the studio sent me. And you're also going to hear interviews from cast members and just talking about the movie while they're on set and all the kind of fun stuff. It's just a really fun, informational little featurette. But at the very beginning of this featurette, the video was this, and, you know, you could, you'll hear it. They're doing a Skype session, and they're videotaping it. And just like a couple interviews ago, when you heard Miss Marvel talking about how she got that gig, well, they actually have that recorded, her walking down the street, receiving that call. But here's that featurette talking just a little bit more about this show. You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on, you did amazing work. You've done amazing work. And we'd be honored if you would play uh, Kamala Khan for us in the Miss Marvel show. <laughs> and it was unanimous decision. Oh, my God. I'm freaking right now. I can't comprehend this right now. I'm a superior now, so that's normal. Another day in the Marvel Universe. Kamal Khan is this passionate, creative high school kid. She's going through all those awkward, cringeworthy moments. Family drama, boy trouble, school problems. Are you following? Yes, keep going. And also, she's like a huge fan, a huge fan. Big fan. Such a fan. She is a fan of Captain Marvel. Iman Vellani. That girl is Kamala Khan. Khan discovers that she has the superpowers. She can manifest light. But being a superhero is not quite as simple. Kamala's biggest conflict is with herself. Maybe they're right. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. I wish that you would just focus on your story. You're Kamala Khan. You want to save the world, then you're going to save the world. Do you even know what you are? I'm a superhero. Despite her superpowers, she has a strong heart. It's not about who you look like, the clothes you wear. It's about what you do with what you've been given. I can't even put it into words how cold this is. It's, it's very, my heart is very full. Now, if you'd be interested in watching the TV version of this, because in the TV version, you get to see the interviews. In, in that instance, you could watch the featurette. Where they show you on the set footage and all that good stuff. You could log into bit.ly backward slash cinema judge. That takes you to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. And on that webpage, and if that doesn't take you there, just go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage and just type in cinema judge. 
But if you go to bit.ly backward slash cinema judge, a whole bunch of my shows will show up, including this one. And then you can watch the show in case you want to do that. Just as a side note, in case that's your thing. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from the original writer of the comic book. And she's just talking about a little bit more about how Amal is perfect for Miss Marvel. I mean, Iman is Kamala. You know, she is she is that that character and she is um very bright-eyed and 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 sweet and kind and funny and she has um this sort of sense of wonder about the world and and I think that's exactly who Kamala is. And I think and of course she's a super fan like Kamala is. So it just it just made sense. It made absolutely sense like the, the most perfect sense in the world for Iman to be Kamala. I feel like you know, I can't imagine any anyone else um, to to play her. It's really a gift to have found her. And she's completely right, in my opinion. If you have seen this show, I think you'll see it too. She was perfect for this role. Now, speaking of Miss Marvel, she's up next from the red carpet. She's going to talk about the universal charm of this series. I think our show really does have a universal charm in, in the way it balances fan culture and religion and coming of age and... Action, you know, we really have a wide audience, and I hope fans are kind of able to, to relate to Kamala's story and are motivated to continue making fan art and cosplays and, and breaking trailers frame by frame because that is Marvel, and Marvel's totally built on their fandom. And, you know, just being a part of that is, is, is so incredible. I get to be a nerd who, who represents other nerds. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from the actress who plays Miss Marvel's mother and also the guy who plays her father. And I love what they talk about in these interviews. They talk about the relationship, the mother-daughter relationships, and also, on a personal level, how they approach the role, since things might have been different for them growing up, but they were still able to make those moments gel. I think that uh, I think the mother-daughter relationship with Muniba and Kamala is, is very true to life to the South Asian experience. That is how it is. The push, the pull, the not able, especially the immigrant South Asian experience, and not able to let go of the kids as easily as as the broader American culture. Because they've come to make the life for the children, so they can't understand why you want to leave. And so that's very believable. Uh, the deep love, the protection, and then, of course, you know, that's universal is the teenage um, rebellion, I think. it's All mothers will get that. Um, but I can't tell you how many people will write to me uh, on Instagram and say, hello, Zenobia, auntie, because, you know, in our culture, we say auntie. Uh, I th- my mother is dying to see you on the screen because she's never seen somebody portrayed on the screen. So I think that, that that's some I know that's not your question, but I just want to throw that in. But that's it's really important that this is happening and that we're showing this this dynamic between um the South Asian mothers and daughters. It's very true to life, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't have a father. I've never seen my father. He died when uh, I was nine months old. I'm not married. I don't have a child. But I've always wanted one. And um, given this opportunity with this wonderful script, a wonderful uh, supporting cast, and Iman playing my daughter, I think I got to live vicariously through Yusuf Khan. And uh, it was precious because um, I guess what insp- or what? How did I work on my character? I didn't. I just Yusuf Khan is a man from the heart, and I just played it from the heart. And 
I think I the moments that I got with uh, Iman to play uh, the fathers to connect with her, I think we hit those notes. So I'm very uh, blessed on that front. Uh, but you're also a very warm and you're a warm, kind, loving guy. So I think that that came naturally. And I think that Iman is very good at turning up that vulnerability when the camera is on her as well. So I think that there were some beautiful moments y'all got. You can just really feel the chemistry between them just when they're talking and bantering back and forth. But up next, we're going to hear from the comic book author. And she's going to talk about how, how she really does connect with the character because she did write about a lot of the experiences about her growing up. I love getting in the head of a creator of a project. You know, what what were they thinking? What, what was their headspace when they created a character? You know, did they say... Yes, I want to do it based on some of my experiences. Some people don't because they, ah, I don't want to get too close to the project. But it's really fun when you get to hear how they approach the project. Um, well, I, mean, I definitely identify with Kamala. She is, uh, <laughs> she's a lot like me in a lot of ways, of course. I mean, a lot of the comic was, was based on sort of stories of my childhood kind of growing up as a brown kid in Jersey. So... Um, you know, I'm also a big fan of Marvel. I also sort of grew up in a household where, you know, comics and cartoons and Spider-Man and, and X-Men cartoons existed. So for me, um, there's a lot of, a lot of similarities of trying to figure out, navigate all the different, you know, expectations of you and who you are and who you want to become. Um, you know, I would argue Kamala is probably a little, uh, probably a little, (laughs) a little smarter than me. Right. I feel like I feel like we say that of our kids. She's she's smarter. She's smarter than me and and uh, um, has sort of this understanding behind her years. But it's uh, it's it's a delight to see Mon encompass all of that. She truly is incredible. We're going to play a clip for you next. Now, in this clip, Miss Marvel's standing in her bedroom and she has a robe on and then in walks her mom and she confronts her saying, I know you're going to go to this Marvel party. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a comic con and she wants to go to that because that's her thing. And she doesn't think that their parents were going to let her. So in walks her mom and she's like, Oh, I heard you want to go, but here are the rules for you to go. She whips out this costume that this is what you're going to wear. And it's the Hulk. (laughs) And of course she's like, what? But she says, ah, one more surprise. In walks the dad, all in the Hulk garb, all painted green, just totally getting into it, just enjoying the moment. And Miss Marvel's just like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. Here's that scene. So your brother told us about your Avengers party? He did. Yes. And even though it will be a distraction from your studies and there will be a lot of haram going on there, Kamala, we have decided to let you go. Really, really, really. Yes, but there are special conditions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your Abu will drive you there and he will go inside with you for two hours. And as far as your dressing goes, I have a surprise for you. The Hulk! (laughs) Wait, wait, best is yet to come. Ta-da! Oi, Jackie the Puddy! See, Kamala, big Hulk and little Hulk, bada Hulk or choti Hulk. Huh? So cute you all will look. Huh? Oh, my God. We're going to hear next 
from Miss Marvel's brother, older brother, and he talks about the relationship, him being like a third parent, and how none of us want to listen to a, our parents, let alone quote third parent. This this is just him talking about that. Yeah. So uh, Kamala and Amir have a they have a solid, you know, much older brother, much younger sister relationship. Uh, he's kind of like a third parent who she doesn't listen to because nobody listens to the third parent. I don't listen to my older brother. Uh, I'm like the goody-goody kind of of the two, and she's the more rebellious one. Um, uh, They have a lot of respect for each other while also getting on each other's nerves, Uh, just like a sibling dynamic. Um, He really wants to look out for her and protect her. And she doesn't need it, you know? Yeah, she doesn't need She doesn't need it. it. She's stronger than him. Uh, she has more willpower than him. She's smarter than him. Um, and she's just got a lot more going for herself than he does. Um, and he's kind of a, a little aloof to that. Um, he thinks he's got it all figured out. When he, he really doesn't, the guy doesn't know how to drive, <laughs> you know. Uh, um, but, yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they are a classic, much older sibling, much younger sibling uh, duo. Now, speaking of the family dynamic, in this next scene, we have this for you. Miss Marvel's coming downstairs. The brother's praying. The parents are in the kitchen. And they're all just talking, doing their thing. She's walking by, and they're all giving her advice on what to do for a driving test she has to take later in the day. And it really depicts how this family is. There's not a lot of anger throwing around, and the brother and sister don't, like, hate each other or anything like that. It's just they have a different kind of relationship. And this scene really just shows that, fight, you know, the family dynamic. Amir, if you don't stop praying long enough to put some food in your mouth, one day you will starve to death. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you one day. <laughs> Kamala, please don't forget to look at the mirrors every 15 seconds yes. at least. Yes. Huh? Yes. Oh, Kamala, my Kamala, the road is a long and winding one. So never fully stop at stop sites. Way too early for poetry, Abu. <laughs> well, listen, you do know that you don't really have to look in the mirrors that often. Yes, she does. Just make sure that the instructor can see you move your head. And remember to say bismillah before you start the car. You're going to need all the help you can get. Don't even have a license. In this next interview, we're going to hear from the father, the mother, and the brother. And they're going to talk about how this movie, I'm sorry, show, is relatable to anybody. Because everything in this is universal. Everybody has a family that, you know, has this going on, that going on. It's not just this one group. And it's not a giant like he, like the father says, it's not like a giant expose on this particular group. It's just a Pakistani family living their life. And it's just everybody can relate to. It's just a really cool interview. Well, I think the reason why the family's authenticity would have a relatability to everyone, because at the end of the day, it's human relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's as basic as that. Yeah. And the South Asian uh, community all over the world will immediately connect with this. I mean, don't look for, you know, uh, earth-shattering exposés and about, you know, what a family is. It's a loving 
Pakistani immigrant family. Everybody will relate to the human dynamics and the love that they have for each other. Every family has a strife. Every uh, yeah. older, younger sibling has that. Every, uh, you know, wife and husband have this, uh, uh, I mean, unstated competition with the children that, you know, yeah. somebody plays bad cop, yeah. somebody plays good yeah. cop. Yeah. And, you know, and somewhere for along sure. the way, they both also kind of come together to say, no, okay, listen, I agree with your mother that, you know, this is not, a, it's just the way they come across. So everybody will relate to it. It's human. It's, it's family emotions. I think everybody will relate to it regardless of race or religion because the family elements that are there are just the same in all families. Love, conflict, um, you know, sometimes that love-hate push-pull between parents and children, caring. These are not things that are exclusive to yeah. any community. These are universal things. And uh, we happen to be Muslim, and that's the point. We are a normal family who happen to be Muslim. We don't want to come in guns blazing saying, hey, look at us, we're this Muslim family. So everybody watching it with an open heart and an open mind is going to relate to it. And God forbid if somebody doesn't relate to it, here's your chance to start understanding what a sweet, happy family can be. Yeah, and you know, like, I think people will find the relatability in, in this family because, I mean, we're all pretty funny. And uh, and everybody is naturally their most self-selves in front of their family. And I think more so than not, people are funny when they're with their family. They love yeah. joking with each other. They love, you know, annoying each other. And the guards are down. Yeah, yeah. The, the guards are down. They have no walls. Um um, and I think people are really going to love that aspect of this family. In the next interview, we're going to hear from Aman, who plays Miss Marvel. And she's going to talk about how she's very similar to her character, about she's getting her powers and how she got the job. Check it out. I think Kamal and I are pretty much the same person. Her getting her powers and me getting this part really went hand in hand. And I, I definitely went on a very similar journey of self-discovery with the character. You know, I, I definitely reconnected with my roots the way Kamala does by the end of episode six. And, and she really uses culture and religion, not something that she neglects or is something that's dragging her down, but, but something that uplifts her. It, it motivates her, encourages her encourages her story and I think it's so admirable the way you know she's just so unapologetically herself now coming up next we're gonna hear from Matt Lintz who plays Bruno now Bruno and Miss Marvel have been friends their entire life they're almost like family he goes to their, the house they all know him it's all good so in this interview he just talks about his character and their relationship Bruno Corelli is the highly intelligent, empathetic, uh, empathetic loyal friend uh, to Kamala Khan who traverses the world with her when things get crazy and she gets powers. And uh, that relationship with them starts to get crazy as she discovers things and, and gets these powers and, uh, yeah, and, and figuring out ways of how we can can show that relationship or dynamic, I should say, of Bruno and Kamala better and, and the friendship the true friendship they have. Now, speaking of that friendship, we have a clip for you. Now, in this clip, it kind of there's not a lot of dialogue going on here, but what's going on is they show kind of a couple clips here and there of them together trying to work out her skills and her superpower. You know, a couple flubs where she falls on her face, stuff like that. They're at a food place outside, 
and he looks at her wristband and goes, or the thing that's, you know, makes the superpowers. He goes, Hey, maybe there's some writing on this and we should figure that out. And, and then she tries to come up with the name of the power that she has. And it's just at first she, he's just like, yeah, that's real original. But what the scene does, it just shows you their friendship and just how connected and just natural they are together. So what, am I like a guardian or something? Dude, am I related to Thor? Oh, no, I didn't say any of that. Bruno! Maybe. Does this look like some kind of writing to you? It's hard to read. Um, looks like Arabic or Urdu. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's focus on what we know. Light comes out of you and it hardens. Let's call it hard light. Groundbreaking. Now, earlier in the show, I talked about how it must be for a writer, anybody who has a project, and they try to you know have other people do it. In this next interview, we're going to hear from that original author, creator of the comic. And she talks about how they did have to change her powers from the comic to now and why. And just, you know, again, it's so fun to hear, you know, letting go of your maybe, I'm not going to say ego, but just letting go of your ideas to say, make it more presentable or easier to explain. Who knows? But you know what I'm saying? It's so fun to hear the story behind all that. Well, we adapted her powers so they're more like you know, this, uh, what we're calling hard light energy and linking it more to something related to her past and her family heritage. And so it's sort of this inheritance of powers more than anything else. And, and, and of course we will be linking it to some other stories in the MCU. So it, it made sense for us to be able to evolve her character from the page and at the same time still be true to the embiggened fists and embiggened hands and sorry, embiggened legs and sort of, you know, playing with those, those visual iconic moments um, from the, the comic and, and sort of some fun and often unexpected ways. Now, like most series, they aren't always directed by the same person. In, in this series, there were three directors and two of them are coming up next and they directed Bad Boys for Life. These two are so incredibly talented. I truly cannot wait to see them keep growing and going. What projects are going to have in the future? Because they have a great eye and just incredible talent. And I love what they talk about here because they wanted to try to find a project, you know, that deals with, you know, Muslim issues. And they're like, what? We could do a Marvel movie with that kind of, you know, stuff. And it's just cool to hear their enthusiasm because they know how big this world is, but they handle it with such professionalism and just creativity. And when you watch the movie, you can really see it. Or sorry, I, I keep saying movie, TV show, because maybe I, I'm stuck in that headspace because you know, a cinema judge, but sometimes these episodes, they can be very cinematic. So it almost feels like you're watching a mini movie. You know, they don't skimp on this stuff with Marvel and Disney Plus. Generally, they go all in. So you're not just watching a filler episode. You're not just, okay, we're just doing this just to get this many episodes in. They have a plan and it's just well done. Here are those directors talking about just the whole process of joining up with Marvel. 
Well, after Bad Boys for Life, we wanted to uh, we wanted to do, to do something even bigger, and we were asking ourselves, what is the next step? And the next step was obviously Marvel, Marvel. because that's <laughs> the biggest in the biz, and and we had to be part of that. And um, we were kind of saying, oh, if we're going to do something, joking around, it's going to have to be a Muslim character, not knowing that actually there was a Muslim character they were planning to do a show on. It was Miss Marvel. And we, we discovered the comics, fell in love with the character and the world. And, and that's how it all started. That's how we convinced Kevin to, to give it to us. So, yeah, for us, uh, we didn't know the comic book. So after we discovered, um, yeah, we just fell in love with Kamala and her family and her world. And we just read all the comic books. <laughs> we were like, we need to capture this vibrancy, this colorfulness, this 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 world on on the big screen. So for us, that was a challenge. And and sometimes we were just you know copying some scenes from the comic book itself to 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 the to the screenplay. Um, and also that we wanted to do an homage to the you know the comic book aesthetic, and that's why we uh, injected the animation into it because it was not really present in the script. So. We were thinking, is Marvel going to accept this animation uh, element we want to put in? Because it portrays, for us, it portrays her, you know, her fantasy or, you know, her imagination. And uh, when we told it, and when we made our case with Kevin, he said, I love it. I love it. So he just uh, accepted and he said, when you use it, then you use it for a good reason. So that's how, uh, how we, yeah, how big the influence was from the comic book itself. Now, speaking of multiple directors... We're going to hear from the author of the original comic, and she's going to talk about what these directors brought to the project. Well, I think each of them, you know, Adeline Bilal, um, Mira, and Charmaine each have brought their own perspectives of uh, existing in multiple worlds, you know, and 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 bringing sort of this authenticity to whether it's the diasporic experience or the, you know, Pakistani experience. Um, they all sort of have their own kind of missions in the storytelling that they're doing that I think, you know, have uh, really represent different aspects of Kamala's life and what Kamala is is looking for. So I think each of them, you know, you know, Adil and Bilal are, are really great with sort of this crazy, you know, wild visual sensibility and, you know, also are are uh, are Moroccan and Belgium and kind of dealing with their own diasporic challenges. And Mira in the same way, you know, grew up in Jersey and she's South Asian and she really understands that sort of high school American experience when you're brown and really knows how to tell stories of, of young people so well. And then Charmaine, who's, you know, Pakistani and who's been dealing with tells a lot of beautiful stories and focuses so much on women's rights in Pakistan and such a champion of women. Um, but also, you know, understands how to craft stories about real people and, and, and real circumstances and tell them in, in a really stunning and captivating way. I think all of them together have really put together a really kind of fun and beautiful and funny and quirky, um, series. And that's kind of why the entire season is so surprising. We're going to hear next from Miss Marvel. And I love this interview. She just talks about being part of the whole Marvel universe and the impact and effect it has on people and makes you feel welcome. You don't, if you're feeling alone, so many of these stories make you see I'm not alone and just, you know, celebrate the people around you, all that good stuff. Here's that interview. I think our show has a very universal charm in, in the way it balances fan culture and religion and coming of age and action. So I, I really do think that we have a very wide audience and 
ultimately the show is a love letter to, to the Marvel fans. So I, I hope the fandom is, is kind of comforted by Kamala as a character and are, and they're encouraged to continue just living in fantasy land and, and exploring their passion because the Marvel fandom is such a wonderful place to be and it, it really makes you feel like you belong somewhere as cheesy as it sounds. But it's true. It's it's comfort, right? These characters just mean the world to so many people. And this show is really just encouraging and appreciating the amount of work that it takes, that it takes to, to be a fan, you know, analyzing trailers frame by frame, breaking down posters, making theory videos, being active on all the Reddit forums. And it's, it's super important work, and it's a lot, you know, 34 projects in. So I, I'm excited for the fan reaction, and, and I think young people are definitely going to be able to, to relate to, you know, the coming-of-age undertone of it all and just are, are kind of comforted by the fact that you don't have to have everything figured out at 16. You shouldn't have everything figured out at 16. You're 16. You should live your life. Find passion, explore it, just, you know, hang out with friends, and life will kind of fall into place when it does. And uh, obviously we're introducing an entirely new diaspora of fans into the MCU, so I think this is going to be a really accessible entry point for, for new fans who, who never really saw themselves in a positive light before, and it could be really intimidating joining the Marvel fandom. But there is space for more people, and uh, this is a good place to start. And once again... I'm so impressed with Marvel, Disney, about bringing in so many different voices and stories. And up next, we're going to hear from the father, the mother, and the brother from this story. And we're going to talk about why not. Because there's it's so much stories can be told. And he's talked about the power of that. About so many other people out there will be able to see themselves represented and think, I can do this too. I can do whatever I want if I try hard enough. And it's just fun to hear these actors talk about being part of this universe and the power that it has. Why not? Why is it not? In 2022, it's really important to show female leadership, to show Muslim leadership, to show minority leadership. And she embodies all of that. And there's a lot of girls out there who are going to look at her and go, yeah, maybe I can dream my dream too. Little girls everywhere. All it's like questioning. Boys. It's like questioning why did Malala Yousafzai come around? Why not? Why not? Yeah, for me, it's uh, particularly important because I have uh, three nieces, mm. and um, you know they're like eight, six, and three. And you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have anything like this go- growing up, uh, and. Um, it really, it really made me feel like the other. And so I'm really excited for my three nieces to watch this and feel like they belong, like, mm. like they are not the other, like they are normal. And, and, um, and I just think that's so powerful just to – it shouldn't be powerful to feel normal. It should be normal to feel normal. Mm. And the fact that my nieces get to live – a life that we didn't get to live growing up, I think that's beautiful. The other thing being that, you know, in the in the Muslim community, the, the perception is about the girls are in hijab, they're not meant to do this, they're not meant to do that. But that's not the case. It's because the Muslim community is a very beautifully diverse community. Yeah. And here in America, the way they're assimilating with uh, and contributing to society is fantastic. So for 
marvel to uh, greenlight uh, a project which kind of shows a progressive Muslim family uh, assimilating with the Western uh, world uh, and the way that one of their children is while holding on to uh, the family values, the uh, the uh, religious values and all that, still dreams and, you know, does things which anybody else would do and does it very well. So I think it's a fabulous thing, which is why the why not. We're going to hear a little bit more about this from the creator of the comic, talking about how she had to try to balance everything and, you know, how she is even now. Well, I mean, as, you know, someone who grew up in... um in Jersey and who was, is, <laughs> I am still Pakistani and Muslim and, um, uh, still someone who is trying to probably figure things out. I think a lot of the experiences were of me, uh, navigating my multiple identities and, and being sort of multi hyphenate and not understanding that that was kind of cool and great. And I, um, was constantly searching and trying to find my voice. And that's really, I think, um, the, the, the guts of what the, the show is about too. Um, and bringing that in was incredibly important to us. And I think, you know, telling a story about identity is, um, something that feels kind of like therapy to me, I guess, because <laughs> we've been, I've been thinking about this for a while. So it's like, it's lovely to be able to do that, um, in such a beautiful way. And we all have a journey. And in this next interview, the directors are talking about how they follow, during this series, this young person's journey. She's, did you follow her journey? Because, you know, in this show, she's like trying to find her identity and, and step by step, she's going to embrace her, you know, her Pakistani culture, American culture, and she's going to become Miss Marvel. And there is such a big future ahead for her that I hope that the audience will grow with her. Like, you know, like we do with Peter Parker, who is from Queens. And, and, and that's kind of for us like the bar. We want, we want Miss Marvel to have a long life. When asked what the audience will expect from this story, this is the author of the comic explaining what she thinks. I think that people can look forward to a lovely and fun, um, you know, family and friends, you know, circle around Kamala and a wonderful coming of age story that feels, you know, very fresh and unique at the same time. And that feels very much like it can live in the Marvel universe. And I think that's what people are going to be excited about the most is that this feels, you know, familiar yet different. And um, at the same time, I think they're going to really love the entire cast and what the world looks like. So, you know, hopefully they'll they'll want they'll just they'll want more of it. And she hits the nail right on the head. This show offers so much diversity, other places, other locations, other belief systems. And that's what this kind of stuff is needed. This one, it takes you many different places in a different belief system. And that what really infuses so much energy, I think, in a project like this. And what's really interesting about this kind of writing and storytelling is it's not aimed at, you wouldn't think it's aimed at, you know, everybody, but it is. And because of the great writing and directing, anybody can relate to the story. But it, it really focuses on a certain group sometimes. But it's done so well. Somebody like me who has probably no idea of how certain people grow up in this world and experience life, but they make it accessible. And that's what separates these kind of stories. Everybody can enjoy it and learn something. 
I've talked to so many listeners where they enjoyed this series because they didn't know about certain aspects of history. Like, wow, I didn't know about this or that or the other. And it's cool to get educated, but also being entertained and be able to walk that line and do it for everybody. I think they really did a good job. So if you haven't seen this show yet on Disney+, Plus, check it out. And if you are an enthusiast of comic books and that whole realm, a buddy of mine does a podcast, and they that's what they do. I'm a TV movie guy. These guys have their own little world and talk about comic books and that whole universe. If you go to Crazy Comics and Stories Podcast, that's K-R-A-Y-Z Comics and Stories Podcast, those two are just a, a fountain of information. So if that's your jam and you want to know no, more about that environment and you know comic books and everything like that, check them out. They are really talented and know what they're talking about. Because I'm not familiar with that world at all. Whenever I have a question, I ask Joe. Because I'm like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Because a lot of times in these shows, they, they put stuff in there, maybe people who only know about the comic book know about. And it's really cool to get an inside view on that. I really hope you enjoyed this show on Miss Marvel that's airing on Disney+. Plus. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, please feel free to let me know. I can't grow if I don't know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com I love hearing from you, what I could add, what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, or even if you just want to say, I like listening to your show. That's totally cool. Now, you know what's next if you listen to the show regularly. I love this part of the show. For all you around the world, I hope my voice finds you well. For all of you listening at work, at home, doing whatever, driving your car. I know a lot of long road drivers listen to the show. I love that. Love hearing that you just hit play and you just play a lot of shows right after another. Because I know, hey, the road could get very lonely out there. So if I'm, I'm, if I'm helping you stay awake and entertain you on the road or at home, at break, whatever you're doing, I am so grateful. So this is for you. To all my listeners around the United States, Germany, Finland, India, Israel, Sweden, France, Mexico, so many of you listen to the show maybe several times or you share it with your friends. That is so incredible. If you do like the show, I love it that you could share or want to share it or five-star it or whatever works makes you feel comfortable. But all of you around the world who take time out of your life to listen to this show, that's spectacular. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Farmington, Minnesota, Los Angeles, California, Houston, Texas, Pasadena, California, Holyoke, Mass, River Falls, Wisconsin, Marshall, Michigan, Bergenfield, New Jersey, National Capital Territory of Delhi. If did I say that right? Thanks so much. Jerusalem, thank you so much. Frankfurt am Main Hess, every episode. You guys are awesome. St. Ingelbert, Saarland, and Heisenberg, Skane County. Yeah, I butchered that one horribly. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. All of you who listened to the last episode, thank you so much. And really thank also all you guys who listened to past episodes. That stuff is a lot harder to look to see where you know you listen from. So if you listen to a past episode and you go, hey, hey why didn't you mention me? That stuff's just a hot, lot harder to track and it's very impossible. It's just a lot easier for last episode. But to every one of you who listened to the past catalog, that makes my day. 
I look at that and I'm like, yes, people are looking for these movies and they want to learn more about them. So thanks to each and one, every one of you. And today's bourbon shout out goes out to Carrie the Mail Carrier. You are so much fun. Every time I go out there and talk to you, you don't even hesitate. You just let me ramble on. And it's so fun to talk to you. So Carrie, I appreciate everything you do. Cheers. But now it's music time. Most of you know this is a TV show that I convert into a podcast. So when I'm making the TV show, I'm usually cranking tunes in the background. And since this one was female-orientated, I go, well, I might as well listen to some strong, powerful, musical women. So I threw down Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, Lita Ford, some Kim Carnes, and of course, Janis Joplin. You have to throw down her. She just could belt them out. So that's what was kind of playing in the background when I was making the TV version that turns into this. And now I'm going to do something I've done only, I think, once before, but I'm calling it Guilty Pleasures, Movies or Shows You Don't Tell Your Friends About. This is what I threw down last, and I don't think I mentioned these last time. If I did, I apologize. But this is what I've watched recently. Barefoot, No Tomorrow, Maggie, The Valet, and The Princess. They all offer one little certain kind of thing here and there, but they're just a blast to watch. Maggie and No Tomorrow are both TV series, but Barefoot is, you know, a couple years old movie with uh, Evan Rachel Wood. She nails that role. She's just incredible in whatever she does. So if you need some background fun and just something fun to watch, any of those shows or movies might be worth your time. That's Barefoot, No Tomorrow, Maggie, The Valet, and The Princess. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. <laughs>